0: Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, wrong side of the street. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, the podcast where we talk about every Bruce Springsteen song alphabetically, one by one. My name's Rob Carmack, and over there on the right side of the street, that's J.B. Clark.
1: What's going on, and you, I guess. Must be on the wrong side of the street, then
0: yeah, well, I mean or maybe what' what's wrong for you is right for me and vice versa. see th- this the, the question of wrong and right become a little bit nebulous because a, like a side of the street can neither be good nor bad, right? like it's, it, this is an amoral space in in the universe. Yeah, man. it, just, it depends on it's <laughs> relative to where your position in life is. you know like if I'm standing if I'm standing on the curb waiting for my Uber driver. And I'm standing in front of the address that I gave him, I'm on the right side of the street. But if I cross the street just so he can't find me, then I'm on the wrong side of the street. See what I'm saying? I guess
1: so. Yeah, but those,
0: yeah, sure. But if my, but if my neighbor across the street ordered the Uber driver and stood exactly where I'm standing, that guy is on the correct side of the street.
1: It's a good point. It's a good point.
0: Wrong and right, it's very fluid, JB. We live in crazy times.
1: We do, we do. (laughs) Curb (laughs) Relativity.
0: Curb Relativity. You know what? That needs to be the name of this song. (laughs) Curb Relativity. We would have gotten to it years ago had that been the title. So, <laughs> so anyway. Woo! We yeah, we we've, we've got a lot of mileage out of uh, not very much so far. <laughs> so, uh yeah. t- today we are talking about the song Wrong Side of the Street as uh, our 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 hilarious witty banter. You know what? We're we're probably going to get a negative iTunes review. There Remember that one guy that left us a, re- a review that was like, "The banter is not funny." And we're we're here to tell you that you're not wrong, sir. We
1: <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. We just earned ourselves a two-star review.
0: (laughs) That's right. But joke's on you, because by the time that thing gets posted and starts dealing with the algorithm, we'll be done. We'll be out the door. This will be over. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, so yeah, we're talking about the song Wrong Side of the Street. Uh, This comes from the year 2010. It was released on the double album slash box set The Promise, which was a collection of songs that were outtakes from the sessions for Darkness on the Edge of Town from 1978. So this song, um, uh, as implied, the song is an outtake from those sessions, from Darkness on the Age of Town. Also, JB, the song is our final track from The Promise that we're going to talk about yeah. during the life of this podcast. So say goodbye to The Promise. and Goodbye, The Promise. And also say goodbye to the letter W, because this is the last song, this, this, this is the last one of those as well. So after We're this, just
1: we're, closing it all down.
0: Yeah, we're closing down The Promise, we're closing down W, and... Um, so, everything yeah, is for sale.
1: And after this episode, we're so, we have we're eight on the episodes. shelves.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, everything everything must go. Um, iTunes yeah. reviews, what have you, all of it. <laughs> so, uh, also the song has never been played live, which I don't know about you, JB. I think that's a damn shame. I'm also giving up on our clean rating, so uh, it's a damn shame that the song <laughs> has never been played live.
1: Yeah, it's a. It would be a good live song. It's got it's some, a, you know, lucky yeah. guitar and. Some some like very anthemic, uh, like acoustic and snare hits, dum dum. You know, <laughs>
0: I could totally see be, see this being like an E Street band. Like, so I, I could see this being a sign request. I could see this being a lot of fun at a, at a live show. You know, because it's for got sure. that. Say what?
1: I said for sure. Like, there's nothing special about it, but it could be like, it could be a great, just kind of sort of like full band ex- exhibition.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's got sort of that british invasion pop sensibility that a lot of like just i'm trying to think there, there's several things not only from this box set but from like the river sessions as well that kind of have have a little bit of that to it you know and i, I could just sort of see that and and every time he pulls one of those out live it's it's nice it's it's very rewarding um in fact uh the original yeah, it
1: does have like like a mick jagger chorus and like a beatles electric guitar
0: and yeah Yeah, well, I mean, in fact, the original working title of the song was English Sons, which the lyrics make no reference to any of those things. So that tells you that that's more about the artistic influence than like what the song actually is, you know, what it's actually about, which I mean, we can get to that when we get to the lyrics. I'm not 100 percent sure I understand what this is about. I I really think I think the point of this song is more about the sound that it generates than the message it's it's trying to convey. Yeah. Um, so really th- those are the basic facts. It used to be the original working title was English sons. It's never been played live. It's an outtake from darkness on the edge of town. And it's our final track from the promise. Yeah, man. And we have had a lot of tracks from the promise. The promise is a two disc box set. So like, so it's a long record. We've covered some, we've covered some ground in the last three and a half years. And so, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, we're closing it down. We're shutting down the promise.
1: It's a solid, uh, the promise box set. Uh, and I, I mean, uh, it's a solid outtakes box set
0: it is i mean i i almost consider <laughs> of the course it's a
1: solid the promise box set the,
0: the promise box set. i i i tend to, to lean more towards the position that the promise is really a double album that was sold it was marketed as a box set but the it you can interact with it as a standalone double album for the most part I mean. yeah you know well yeah it's his do-op record sort of yeah with a couple of exceptions with like racing in the streets in um, the song, in the song. Well, I, this this song I think fits inside the like doo not not full on doo-wop but it, it does ha- sort of have like, like you mentioned, like the sort of the throwback early era like Stones, Beatles, you know that 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 type of sound, that like late sixties yeah. type sound. It's way
1: more rock and roll than doo-wop though.
0: Yeah, which is not. I mean, they're 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 close cousins, you know. Like you, there's you, a good Marcelo in here that is way not sock hop. No, for sure. Well, and um, according to Brian Hyatt in his book, he talks about how these song, these kinds of songs, these like poppy um, type songs were always Stephen Van Zandt's favorite. Like these were the, always the ones he would always lobby for. Yeah. But they were always the first ones to get cut <laughs> from, from the final product. Right. You can see also Sherry Darling, by the way, as, as evidence of that as well. But you, I mean, in fact, I forget what, which song it was. We can go back and look at the... At the notes, but but there there was one song that fits this description also that Bruce pulled out just because it was Little Steven's birthday at a show one time, um, because because these songs always got cut. And I, I don't think Bruce holds these songs as near and dear to his heart as as Steven does. But uh, but Little Steven told Brian Hyatt in an interview once, um, he, quote, "There are bands that would have their whole careers with those songs. So Steven would hear Bruce write these songs and they would lay them down. They like go, I mean just like this, they would go into the studio and they record them." And Steven would be like, you've got gold on your hands here. And Bruce would be like, ah, it's not really what I'm going for. And Stephen, like, he understands the industry well enough to understand, like, any anybody else writes this song and they're like, This is it. This is this this song is gonna be my ticket out of here. You know what I mean? And Bruce is like, Ah, it's not oh, what we're sure. trying to do. So um so yeah, Steve would always lobby. And, and if you ever go back and listen to like Little Steven's Underground Garage or even even the music that he makes now, like with the the disciples of Soul, like it's it leans really heavy toward this style of like throwback kind of sound,
1: you know? Yeah, man. You find you a couple of uh good looking blonde fellas and give them some Rickenbacker guitars, and the rights to the promise, and they're famous as anybody. Yeah,
0: you got like Paul Revere and the Raiders, or any number <laughs> <Yeah>. of... <laughs> Which, by the way, I did not know about Paul Revere and the Raiders before I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I've been listening to them a lot, and... Really? Uh, I really like it, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: going to have to add it to the playlist real quick.
0: That, that to me, I mean, this is a, a tangent, but like that, to me, is one of the great gifts of... Quentin Tarantino movies is that he always puts together a soundtrack that makes me go, Oh, I like that a lot. Like there's, there's a Neil Diamond song on that soundtrack that I had never heard before. The, um, I can't remember the brother souls. I can't remember salvation something. It's it it, anyway, it's about like a preacher and a revival, but I've been listening to that song like maybe once a day since I saw that movie. And I really, really like it. So once again, Quentin Tarantino, (laughs) It introduces me to really interesting music that isn't necessarily just like the hits that everybody remembers. And, what's your
1: um, What's your record for Paul Revere and the Raiders?
0: Uh, the Sounds of '67. That's what I've been listening to. The
1: Spirit of '67. Spirit
0: of, yes, sorry, the Spirit of '67, which right. is a cool record title because it came out in 1966. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, but um, that that's sort of the interesting thing in. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think we should because it's a great movie, I think. But there's yeah. a th- there, a lot of what's going on in that movie is sort of a tension between the old and the new and like how like how hard it is to sort of allow the sun to set on a previous era in order to give rise to the new era, and is that good or is that bad? And there's a scene where Sharon Tate is giving J.C. Brink a hard time because he's listening to Paul Revere and the Raiders, and she's like, don't let Jim Morrison find out that you've been listening to Paul. Which is, is interesting because Jim Morrison is definitely like, the new psychedelic, like, the wave of the future, and Paul Revere and the Raiders is, like, this very intentional sort of throwback to, you yeah. know, like, the Who, and early, early, like, the Who and the Beatles and, um, and that type of sound. And, um, and so yet, yet, another, yet another brilliant thing that Quentin Tarantino is doing in that movie. Anyway, this song could totally have been a song by Paul Revere and the Raiders, is my point. So, I mean, musically, you mentioned the guitar solo. So walk me through kind of the sound of this song.
1: Well, it's got this sort of, I called it like a Beatles-y uh, electric guitar part over the rest of the band just doing these big chord hits, bum-bum, you know, with the snare. And the snare sounds super tight on this uh, song, like, tuned really tight. Um, I mean, it's also played tight. It's, you know, it's Max Weinberg. Uh, of course. But it's it's great. I, I was listening to the background the other day. I, I may have said this, like, as a preview <laughs> on the last one, but speaking of giving up on the clean rating, I was going to this in the background while i was like writing something and i lit out loud in a room by myself went shit that's a good guitar solo <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh yeah like it's got a kind of killer guitar solo uh but the melody's like sort of like languid you know until the chorus it's just kind of like drips along and then the chorus kind of you can you know you could see Mick Jagger singing it and like strutting to the
0: beat across the stage you know like with his arm behind his back yeah it's uh, yeah, it's good it, I like I like the guitar solo as well. I, I like the tone of the guitar. I don't know exactly what that is that I'm hearing, but I I like it. It's distinctive. You don't hear that. It's it's a specific kind of sound that I cannot describe. But it's a sound that I don't directly associate with Bruce Springsteen songs. You know, like
1: he's yeah, it's kind of chorusy instead of like just gain and reverb. It's kind of chorusy and yeah.
0: Well, it's it's very it, like the highs are very high, and there's not a lot of low. I think yeah in the, in the mix. In, at, at least yeah. on that on that guitar sound it's really upbeat it's it's a very catchy even without any lyrics just like melodically it's very catchy i really dig the sound i i mean th- and i think this song fits really well on the promise I, like if you're looking for like at, if he's really trying to go for that like full on throwback like from from duop to sherry darling to um to just all like the elvis sound with like fire you know like all that stuff that he's throwing into like the, the experimental i i mean i say experimental like basically it's just an homage to other songs and other bands that he likes um the yeah. anim, the animals actually i'm i'm thinking a little bit here like um it's it's a little like reminiscent of that well j- yeah and, and j- even the mix and the sound you know i don't know it's i i really like this i th- i think it fits really nicely on the album that never was uh, that is the promise you know so yeah I, I don't really know what i'm describing there's a saxophone solo also Yeah,
1: I love the saxophone comes under the guitar instead of usually the guitar being, like, the saxophone being featured and the guitar sort of playing against it. This time it's the guitar really being featured and that the guitar's, like, mids are, like, pushed forward in the mix. And so... You know, you've got this really great guitar tone that's just really playing the melody until the sax comes in, like the vocal melody, Mm -hmm. until the sax comes in, and then it plays on top of that sax part where the sax takes over playing the melody in. It's really great. And then the way it builds, it sort of, like, escalates the chord progression through the chorus. Um, There's, like, a lot of urgency to the chorus.
0: Well, and everything you just described could also be used to describe the promised land. You know, like... Yeah. there's, There's a... A guitar solo there's a sax solo and they each sort of get their moment um and then there's a there's an urgency like everything you it's funny i i have not connected the dots on that until you just said all that but like everything you just said could also be used to describe the promised land which does end up on darkness on the Edge of town and so i wonder if he took some of the sensibilities that he kind of was figuring out while he was writing this song and used it at, at least the the theoretical aspects of, of those things to build out what, what would become one of his most iconic songs
1: yeah, that's really all I got musically. It's it's killer. It's a I mean it's it's a great song.
0: It well, and the music is the thing. That, I mean, we're, we'll read the lyrics in a second, but the music to me is is the strongest part of this song. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. I don't know. What it's <laughs> <else>. <laughs> well, dang it, JB. Neither do I. What are we gonna do? Uh,
1: I really like. I hum the chorus. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of yell. I'm like, I'm better see you your i just feel like that confusion and illusion rhymes i don't know the lyrics to the song and i don't care to i just love the music
0: Uh, and and as we read these lyrics i think we're gonna find that the lyrics don't matter at all to what this song is yeah or maybe they will let's see i don't know yeah maybe it's gonna blow our mind here in just a second but um
1: maybe what if it was about two guys waiting on different ubers
0: (laughs) (laughs) i would love that are you here for me no no no, i'm on the wrong side of the street for you yeah um, or yeah. maybe it's about visiting England. Maybe, the, oh, because it was called English Sons. Maybe it's about like, right. oh no, I, I flew to the UK and I got in this r- rental car and now I, I'm i driving up a, a one-way street. I'm on the wrong side yeah. of the street. Or, really, the it doesn't way.
1: feel like it's about England, but
0: <laughs> No, no. <laughs> let's get all. into it. All right, here we go. Here are <laughs> the lyrics to the song w- Wrong Side of the Street. Turn on the radio, turn off the lights. We'll bring an end, darling, to your endless night. You're on the wrong side of the street. So let's just take a second. Turn on the radio, turn off the lights, which is like it's it's sexy time, you know. Yeah, and we're gonna have we're gonna have some some music to to um, get down to, and then uh, we'll bring it in, darling, to your endless night. Which I guess I don't know. Like this is the last thing on your schedule for, for today. Yeah. So. Uh, but then he little says, nightcap. "You're on say what? Little nightcap? Yeah, little nightcap. Little um. Yeah. And then, but he ends that thought with, "You're on the wrong side of the street," which doesn't make any sense to me at all unless it's like what we're about to do i acknowledge is not great for you like it's it's great for me um but you're slumming it you know what i mean like maybe Maybe. that's it maybe 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 it's the message of like i'm really glad you're here with me and i'm going to take full advantage but i also acknowledge you could do a whole lot better than me if you really took a minute to think about it you know yeah i don't know or maybe like your parents don't approve, or something mean, which is not unfamiliar to this both this style and the writing of Bruce Springsteen. You know, I mean, it's pretty much what Rosalie is about. So, um, so basically, the idea of like, you know, I'm glad you're with me, but yeah, I'm really glad you don't know that you shouldn't be with me. I guess. Yeah, there may be something like that reading ahead a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's
1: <laughs> let's keep going. I think there may be something to that. All
0: right. I see your fortune in the lines in your face. I knew you're I, I knew you're looking for your saving grace. You're on the wrong side of the street. So again, there's like this sense of searching, the sense of like the spirit of not knowing something. And she she's on. So it, it's interesting. It's about another person. He's he's basically just an observer in this other person's life. And maybe he's taking advantage of the fact that she's a little insecure and that she's a little out of place. Um. So yeah. Uh, then it says, fear and desire, such sweet confusion will open your eyes. Here's, here's the part you're like, will open your eyes and throw down your illusions and see you never belonged here with me. So again, I mean, this, this, it's yeah. consistent. It, these lyrics are actually pretty good. Yeah. Now, now that we're talking it out, because as I was listening to the song earlier and was reading through it, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this. But now that we're, now that we're verbalizing it, I, I think we're, I think it's coming into uh, clarity. Yeah. All right. So it says you and your poetry and your cool, cool world. You've been working hard on that face of a martyr girl. You're on the wrong side of the street, so so now it's it's like you like being here. You you like you know lowering yourself to be with me in a certain kind of mm-hmm. way just, because now you get to be the martyr. You get you get to sort of you, like you find that there's something interesting about low like lowering yourself. It's, it yeah. sounds like is what, what he's trying to say. Then it says you got the look in your own world, but here you better check your diamonds and your pearls. You're on the wrong side of the street. So it's which... keeping that theme of being
1: from a, a better place. Yeah.
0: You know, it. Oh, you know what this is? This is Uptown Girl. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> She's been living in we her white bread world. to march
1: to that song in band in high school. Did I don't you know, really? Like, listen to that just for days while we learned how to march as a unit in Tom.
0: I can see that being good. It's a very syncopated, very yeah. intentionally syncopated song. It's just song. like
1: bump, 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 bump. You know, like it's super easy to march to, but.
0: Oh my gosh, that's what this song is. The song is is Uptown Girl. All right. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, it says you get bored of every day bringing the same, so you go out looking for some strange new games. Which you could you could even delete the words "new games" and just say you go out looking for some strange. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but pretty soon you don't know the score or what you're looking for, and then that's where you get your your dueling guitar and sax solos. That's right. Uh, and then it comes back and it says, you get bored of every day, bring in the same. So you go out looking for some strange new games, but pretty soon you don't know the score or what you came here for. Then we're back into where we started, which is turn on the radio, turn off the lights. We'll bring it in, darling, to this endless night here on the wrong side of the street. And then the final stanza is, fear and desire, such sweet, such a sweet confusion. will open your eyes and throw down your illusions and see tonight there's no one here but you and me. So yeah, I mean, that's now that we've talked about it, it's, yeah, it's like, you're here, and you're, you're you've come to this place where I live, where I belong. But you don't really belong here. So, rather than try and guide you out of that, I'm going to go ahead and just um, take full advantage of the fact that you you're trying to upset your parents or something. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's pretty intense.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and the way in that fear and desire, such sweet confusion, uh, the the urgency of the the drums and the vocals, and sort of the like a dissonant scale climb of the um, piano is really great. Not dissonant, but sort of like ominous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think ominous is a good word for it.
1: Yeah. It's like some unsettling chord changes on the piano underneath the melody that are really great. Uh, It sort of like alert you to the fact that this isn't resolving.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, in, in the spirit of what this song is trying to recreate sort again, sort of that British, Invasion pop, like this it's lyrically, it's fine. Like that's this is not inconsistent with that style. So, yeah. Um, but to me, I, I I hold to even though now we've sort of gotten to what the song is really about, I, I still hold to the fact that I, I think the music is what makes the song good, and not necessarily the lyrics are fine. But the music, the music is the thing that makes it stand out. Yeah, you know, and it is catchy.
1: It, it's one of those songs that like you you can't help but bob your head to it and your head by the end of it you realize that like your head was beating a little bit harder it was bobbing like a little bit harder each beat until the song finally faded away you know yeah totally. like you just yeah by the end of it you're kind of like kind of like pumped up and nervous like have a lot of nervous energy you're just like bobbing your head so hard <laughs> yeah uh, it's for great. sure
0: um well how many uber drivers <laughs> how, how many how many yeah. uber rides would you give this song
1: I think I give it four and a half. I really love the music in this song.
0: Ooh, <laughs> that's a very strong rating. Okay. Yeah,
1: I really love the music in this song, and nice. the lyrics uh, are great. They're cool. I, I they don't stand out because I don't like when you hear the music. You're like, who cares? It's so much fun. Uh, but they're they're great.
0: This the story's yeah, good. I'm a, I'm a four. I I think I'm, I'm with you on this because I, I if I'm listening to the promise all the way through, this isn't like one of the best songs on it, but it certainly holds it together like because to, to me oh, for sure the the difference between a good album or a good box set and in a not very good box set it's not like the standout stuff it's the stuff in between the standout stuff and to me this is a solid b plus you know what i mean this is a solid like it's it can oh, yeah. sit between a couple of other like really really great songs and totally hold things together or it can sit between a couple of not that great songs and elevate the thing a little bit you know what i mean and so yeah um it 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 never hurts and it's often helps i think this kind of song so so yeah i'm a four and you're a four and a half that's a that's a strong rating yeah man well very good song uh you've got a nickname to hand out
1: yes uh i i have owed this nickname for for a little bit but i've been out uh with the baby right uh, yeah we're so trying to catch gotta, up on all that together. stuff yes and uh i give up.
0: i didn't have my um evernote open hang on Uh oh we'll edit out all that all, all that dead all the dead air. Cool. You take your time. No I'm one on. will know. Andrew No one will know that this took forever. Forever. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Andrew's
1: awesome and we're gonna get to interview him. Uh he's very cool.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. If if you're out there and you're waiting, like you're you've been a patron and you've been waiting for an interview, after we get through Zero and Blind Terry, we're gonna come back through and we're gonna catch all those interviews. Um in in the late fall. So we we are aware and that is, that, that is happening.
1: All right. So we got, uh, Andrew knee is the, uh, newest, uh, or one of the newest patrons. Andrew. And Andrew's cool. Andrew is a music therapist and he has some cool stuff. Gonna, i'm not gonna give it all i'm gonna save it for when we do our interview I, I there is a lot of things i want like he's just a cool guy we talked for a little bit and i uh andrew i would i would want to i want to be friends with you uh you seem like a really just like a really neat guy uh andrew also put out a record last year that's that's uh, awesome and we'll talk to him about that on his um on his episode but i was listening to it oh wow while i went and did this um it was really good it was really good i didn't get all the way through it but uh uh, it's on Spotify, and so I, you know anybody can listen to it. You know if they want to give it a sh- a listen, but the first track, Maddie Callahan. Uh, I also do a few, uh, uh, probably half of it, but the first first track, Maddie Callahan, was was very enjoyable. Let's, let's um,
0: give it, what's what's the name of the the album?
1: All right, the name of the album is Lockawanna Waiting Room.
0: Okay, you're gonna have to spell that.
1: No one's gonna be able to. All right, so it's Andrew Niporent, which is N I E P O R E N T. Okay, I believe. I think I got that right. And then Lackawanna is L A C K A W A N N A. Waiting room. Um, It's definitely like uh, like a nice
0: taste of Americana. It's good. All right. Well, not not only does Andrew get a nickname, he gets a free plug for his music. So that's That's uh, right. That's what I'm talking about. Very nice.
1: Uh, Give it a shot. Listen to it. If you like it, you know, let him know. Cool. All right, so here we go. Here's our Bruce Springsteen nickname-verse lyric. Uh, So I'm going to call him Andrew Newport with his headphones on. This is his nickname, Andrew with his headphones on. All right. So here it is. He wants no false prophet telling him how to be free. So it's the music when he works and the music when he sleeps. Takes the train back home to sing his open mic songs. Andrew with his headphones on. Uh, And we'll talk more about you know you can, I, the, everything in there is like a little like a little bit from he told me like a bunch of great stories so. <laughs> oh cool uh Sounds yeah, like you've so already we, done the interview yeah we just we just messaged back and forth a little bit and he sent me some like great stuff so <laughs> i've cool. spent more time reading it over and over trying to like make a nickname out of it than like just you know chatting back and forth so like i probably uh gleaned way more from you know his paragraphs that he typed me than like an, a sane person would but is
0: he from here in but, the US uh, was, or, or is he one of our yeah?
1: UK he's, he's he's from the New Jersey area. Oh, nice. So uh, right cool. there in, in Bruce's Bruce's backyard.
0: Yes. Well, that's, so that's it. 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 And Andrew with his headphones on. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, oh, Andrew. Oh, and uh,
1: our patron community is pretty cool. We have a Slack channel and stuff. You can you can go support. There's different stuff there if you want. But I just want to say to everyone who gives out there, uh, we've been given. Uh, a little over a hundred bucks a month to no get hungry. Like we've been paying for a lot of meals every month. So that's really cool to be a part of that. That's great. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Our, our friend Jesse Jackson, when we got together for the Blinded by the light uh screening, uh, he, he was giving me a hard time about it. Cause he, I guess he just set up a Patreon page for, for set listing Bruce And he was like, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not giving the money to like hungry kids or anything like that. I'm just using it to like pay for the podcast. And so he was like, he was telling me, like, we, we are passively shaming him every time we, we, we pluck we no kid hungry. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. We're, we're, we're trying to do this in the spirit of Bruce Springsteen. So that's right. And Bruce cares about hungry kids, you know, and hungry hearts. All right. Well, um, thanks Andrew for supporting the podcast and thanks to everybody else who continues to support through Patreon. Um we you're you're definitely running out of time for nicknames because we've got eight episodes to go and uh we're gonna we're gonna cut off I, I think I, in fact have we already determined like if you start now at the twenty dollar level, we're we're no longer adding people to the interview list.
1: Yeah. No, so we're gonna I haven't done that on Patreon yet Patreon yet. So I need to go turn that off but yeah so uh this is the last call for interviews i guess i mean if you i haven't turned it off yet so if you sign up like this week then fine but but uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna cut off interviews
0: so this episode is gonna go up on uh thursday august uh the 29th is that right yeah thursday the 29th okay so this this episode will go up on the 29th and um what what do you want to say the cutoff is going to be the the 30th 31st Sure, that okay. sounds good. All right, so yeah, well, okay, that that makes sense. So the end of August. So if you if you sign up at the twenty dollar level or higher, then uh, before the end of August, then you can get a we'll 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 interview you probably before the end of this year, and um, but but if you if you jump onto Patreon after that, you can still get a nickname because we'll go back in for more laps and we'll try and add some some bonus episodes here and there. Um, obviously we'll be doing the interviews, but uh, we will we're we we will not we won't be adding more people to the list of interviews after the 31st. So uh, we got to, we got to shut this thing down, so to speak. So that's right. I say that. I mean, we're definitely coming back in 2020 for some, you know, for for a second season or for w- w- whatever. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to keep the podcast alive. We're just still working on, like, what that what the format's going to look like. And obviously, we'll be done with the alphabetical stuff, for, at least for a little while. All right. Well, I guess that's it, right? Like, the, now we're done. <laughs> Everybody have a good weekend and sign up for Patreon if, uh, at patreon.com slash Springsteen. And uh, then we'll be back in your feet. We're done with the W's we mentioned before. And we have eight episodes to go in this first lap of this three and a half year journey we've been on and the next episode we're going to be doing is the song you can look parentheses but you better not touch so uh, we'll be seeing y'all soon and everybody have a good weekend